So I'm honored, but yet humble, to introduce my daughter, Katie. Uh, Katie uh, has had a really interesting life growing up, and I can't believe she's up here doing this. <laughs> she's with YWAM. She is in charge of the DTS program in Montana of YWAM, where she takes kids and she trains them, and they go all over the nations, every country out there, and she's... She's just amazing, and I, like I said, I still cannot believe what God has done in her life. So, take it away, Katie. Awesome. Good morning. What he means by an interesting life growing up is I was very rebellious, and no one would expect me to be here today. So, it's really sweet to, um, yeah, have a life where I, I do missions. So, I get to take people overseas. We get to share the gospel. We get to um, serve different ministries in different nations, and it's, it's such a privilege and it's such a joy and I'm constantly, and when it feels like I talk about my past, it feels like I'm talking about a whole different person. Um, so even with what I'm talking about this morning, I'm coming from a place of constantly learning, constantly growing and, and bringing you something that has taught me how to walk out um, my faith with Christ so much. So I've been with Youth with a Mission, um, it's a nonprofit missions organization. Um, they have campuses in every single nation of the world. Um, even even the very closed nations, so it's um, it's very special to be able to to go and um, bring the gospel. I'm gonna hold it so I can move around a little bit better. Um, is that better? Awesome. Um, so I have been with Youth of the Mission for about six years. Um, I gave my life to Christ um, essentially my senior year of high school, and then served the Lord there um, my whole life, but I didn't know how to walk out this faith thing, so I went off to do a missions training school, um, and that was where the Lord showed me, like, hey, this is serious, this is real, this is worth everything you have, so it was at that point when I realized there's no going back. Um, for me, there was no turning back, there was nothing else I wanted to do than serve the Lord and bring the gospel to awesome places who haven't heard it yet. Um, I actually just got back from Panama about a week ago. Um, we were with a team um, just doing food and Bible distribution with the indigenous people, the Nove people up in the mountains of Panama. So it was such an awesome time. We got to see a lot of people come to know the Lord. Um, a lot of people said yes to Jesus, and we got to give them Bibles in their own language, which was such a privilege and such an honor. Um, yeah, thanks, Dad, for introducing me on Father's Day. Um, my dad is incredible. I'm sure a lot of you know him. Uh, he don't believe anything he says is the first tip of getting to know him, um, but he will always be there. He's always loyal. Um, so it's so sweet to be able to be in California um, speaking here on Father's Day. Um, what I'm going to be talking about is being a son and daughter of God. I thought it was appropriate on Father's Day to talk about what it means um, to be in relationship with our Heavenly Father. Um, so yeah, I'm coming to you guys from a place of walking through a rough journey with identity in Christ. I did not always follow him. I did not live life with him, and I walked away from him knowing that God was real. I chose to not live a life after him. Um, and identity has been one of the most significant struggles in my life, and knowing who I am, who I belong to, who God is, and what that means for the way I walk. So I'm continually realizing and understanding identity doesn't come from our ability to uphold perfection or be the best we can be, but identity comes from purely the Father. It's something that he has given us and that we are called to walk in. Our inheritance is in the kingdom of God, 
And we are called to walk as his fully beloved and accepted sons and daughters. It is not what we can do to uphold ourselves and walk rightly. It's actually understanding that he has given us the ability to do so and walking in that understanding that he is our father and we are his children. And that is the only place that our identity comes from. Our identity does not come from us. It only comes from him. When we don't walk in this and when we try to solve our own sin problem, we are distancing ourselves from Jesus and choosing to not walk in the power of the cross. He gave us our identity as sons and daughters um, by understanding the love of the Heavenly Father. He called us his adopted children, and we are called to walk in that daily. So we're going to spend this morning um, primarily in Romans chapter 8. This book and chapter shows us the life we are called to live with our identities being constantly transformed by being sons and daughters. It's a book about radical love, and that's what we're called into. So Romans 8, ooh, my book flipped. Romans 8 verses 1 through 3 says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh. So Paul starts off by saying, like, therefore, case closed. That means, like, bam, this is what's true. We are no longer accused because we have union and life with Jesus. He starts off by saying there is absolutely no condemnation for those who are in him. And then he tells us why that is true. And it has so much to do with the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 is full of the Holy Spirit. It says it like 20 times in this chapter. Um, So let's unpack what he's saying here. Why are we free from condemnation? Why do we have life in Jesus? So he talks about the law of the spirit and the law of sin and death in this verse. So it's not actually talking about the law that he gave to the Israelites in the Old Testament. He's talking about a universal law, that there is a law of the Holy Spirit that we have in Jesus. So it's absolutely true. We can have the spirit of truth in Jesus. And then there's a law of sin and death, which is also absolutely true, that we will absolutely die one day and our spirits will die one day unless... We put our lives in Christ Jesus. So there's, it's a bigger picture law. He's talking more spiritually, deeper, that overall, no matter what happens, we are going to die because we're sinners and we live in the flesh, but salvation is for us. And we can actually not accept the law of death because we have the spirit of Christ when we say yes to him and yes to walking with him. Um, So he goes on to saying um, in verse 4, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. And then he goes in after saying this bigger picture law, he goes into talking about the law of Moses. So that's the law in the Old Testament. He, He gave his people, he called them to be holy because he was holy and he gave them this law that they could walk out righteously. Um... So what did God do to kind of separate us from the law of sin and death? He sent Jesus, his son, to earth in a human body, just like all the other human bodies except for Jesus' body was not full of sin. He never sinned. 
God sent us Jesus in a body so that he could condemn all sin through the punishment of the one sinless body. So Romans 4, um, 8, chapter, okay. Romans chapter 8, verse 4, um, he calls us, um, he says we are free from the law. So the literal law that God gave the Israelites, we're free from that. Um, so we're going to pop over to Leviticus really quick. Um, we're not going to stay there long. I know it's not super exciting to talk about Leviticus, so we're just going to pop in and then go back to Romans. Um, but Leviticus 19.2 says, Speak to the entire assembly of Israel and say to them, Be holy, because I, the Lord God, and how to walk that out. So he's saying, in order to be holy, in order to be set apart, in order to look different from the other nations around you, in order to show every other nation that you follow a holy God, this is what you have to do. So what he's saying by be holy is being holy means set apart, different. The law made a way for relationship with the Father, for the people, because God is so holy and perfect, we couldn't even be in his presence without, um, yeah, some people, when they would enter into his presence, it was, it was not good because they weren't upright. If they weren't righteous with the Lord, not great things would happen. Um, but he made a way with the law. So the law required perfection, and that could not be met. And in knowing that, so Jesus knew, God knew that his people could not meet the law. That's why we had sacrifices. That's why we had all this thing. But regardless of what they did, regardless of how the Israelites went about their lives, it was never good enough. They could never be perfect, and they could never be fully upright and righteous with him. So in knowing that, in God's full understanding that his people were never going to be perfect examples and never going to be perfect and never going to be able to chase after him perfectly, knowing that he sent his son. So it wasn't out of a place of, I'm going to reward them for their good behavior, and that's why I'm going to send my son by ourselves. So he sent his son, Jesus. So this brings us to a place of recognizing our need and that even though God knew we would never uphold it, he chose to sacrifice. And in that, he chose to adopt us and call, his, call us his sons who were destined for glory. So in my life, I made a lot of mistakes. And I was a very rebellious teenager. And I knew better. I 100% knew better. And I chose to walk away from God. But even in my worst mistakes and in my worst days, I knew that I could run to my dad. And I could come to him. And I would still be loved. I would still be accepted. And how much more is it like that with our Heavenly Father? In our worst days, in the moments of sin, in the moments of mistakes, we can run to him. We try to distance ourselves from him when we make mistakes, when we're sinning, because we're ashamed. But he actually invites us to be his children. He invites us to run to him and come to him in those moments so we can walk out in the identity that he has given us. So... For anyone who is struggling, Jesus doesn't invite us into our identity because of our ability to be perfect, but he invites us in knowing that we have not and never will be perfect. And from that place of deeper understanding of the Father heart of God, we will walk out in that identity more and more. The more we grow in intimacy with the Father, the more our lives reflect him and the assurance we have. Our confidence will never come out of what we do, and if it does, we will continuously deal with shame and that is not what he has for us. When we put the focus on ourselves, and if we're doing things right, and if we can be good enough to be a Christian, then that, we will always fail. 
But when we put our focus on Jesus, when we fail, our mistakes don't become us, but we can take them to the Father and walk further after that in, in holiness and in purity because he forgives us, because he invites us into that relationship where we can run to him in those deep and dark places. He gave us eternal assurance that we are covered by him, and not only that, he has made us royal with him. He has called us his sons, and he has adopted us. He is choosing to give us this inheritance, knowing just how sinful we are. So Paul, in this book, is writing and telling the Jewish believers that the law is no longer what brings them salvation or any attempt to uphold it because Jesus had carried their sin. And for the Gentiles, there is no condemnation for them, regardless of where they came from, whether or not they were God's people before, um, because now they are invited in. He has adopted them, and he is giving them an inheritance. And that's crazy. For the people who weren't Jewish believers at the time, um, the Israelites were God's people. They were God's children. Um, so the Gentiles hearing that they were going to get an inheritance in the kingdom of God would have blown their minds. That would have given them this like, oh, wow. Okay, we're accepted by the Father. And that's what Paul is writing to tell them. So Romans 8, 5 through 11 says, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give you life to your mortal bodies because of the spirit who lives in it. So this is a crazy passage. This is insane what God has done for us. And living from the flesh is not of God. Our own humanity is broken and not holy without God. Christ lives his life in us is what Paul is saying. We are dead to sin and we are fully accepted and alive in Christ. He's replacing our sinfulness and our brokenness by saying, hey, I'm actually going to take you in. I'm going to fully forgive you and fully accept you as my child, and I'm going to give everything to you. That's our inheritance that we have in eternity with Jesus. We have the spirit of resurrection. This is a glimpse into the inheritance of the spirit who gives us our only source of real life. It's not because we're doing so great, because we're not. (laughs) We're doing pretty badly, but God comes in and he says, hey, you can actually walk out in confidence and assurance because I am your father. We are sons and daughters. He literally goes from telling us we will not be condemned in exchange for our sinfulness, we are fully accepted. We are sons and daughters. This is the only identity we can take. It is not from ourselves, but it is from him. So Romans 8, 14 through 17. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. 
Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him, we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Indeed, we share his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. So now when we clothe ourselves in his Holy Spirit and we are moved by him and deny obedience to flesh, we go from fear of never being good enough, walking as slaves, to receiving the spirit of full acceptance, walking as children of God. So I have a question for you guys to think about. Are you walking in the flesh? Um, and that can look like a fear of never being good enough. That can be a sign if we're always afraid of never being good enough. Or are you walking in the spirit, knowing you are fully accepted? Are you walking as a slave or as a son? So I'm going to read off some. This is, this is so much of what we do in discipleship training schools, um, where we train young people to go out and share the gospel. So we do three months of training and then three months overseas, um, where they go and share the gospel. So we focus inward and walking in who we are in Christ, and then we focus outward. Okay, how can we invite others into that? And how can we share the gospel and, and tell people about the love Jesus has for them? Um, so I'm just going to read off some, some ways to tell if you're walking as a slave or if you're walking as a son. So if you're walking as a slave, you'll notice this because you'll avoid, and some of these might be true, and some of them may resonate, some of them may not. So just take note if anything resonates with you. You will maybe want to avoid acknowledging your mistakes. You will view righteousness as an achievement. You'll fear disobedience. You'll see mistakes as a disqualifier. You might become dependent on yourself or dependent on others. You might have difficulty receiving gifts or affirmation. When something goes wrong, it becomes our identity. Instead of saying, I made a mistake, you turn it into, I am a bad person. You feel like an embarrassment. You feel obliged, you feel um, you'd like you don't have any right to perceive anything, no right to express what you need. You might become isolated, and you might have really bad self-talk. Like in your mind, you're like, ah, oh, I'm so stupid. I can't believe I did that. I'm such a terrible person. If you're walking as a son, you will know the Father. You'll feel acceptance and conviction rather than shame. So you'll feel when you're not walking in alignment with God, and instead of feeling like, oh, I'm so terrible, I don't deserve this, you'll be like, okay, God, I'm going to align myself with you again. You can receive gifts. You have a lineage, a bloodline. You understand that you are a son of God. Your desire is to please the Father and not to be perfect. You can take initiative. You don't fear mistakes. You desire to know why and not just what do I do. You have an inheritance and you become dependent on God. So I'm just going to give you a minute to think about those things. And if the slave side of things resonated with you, that's okay. There's hope. We have to make a switch in our minds and we can walk out um, as a son. So just take a minute and think, okay, did I resonate with the things I listed off about walking in slavery mindset? Or did things of sonship mindset resonate more? And just take a minute to think about it, and then we'll continue.
And feel free to write it down if something's sticking out to you. So what we need to do to recognize um, our identities in Christ, and we're not just going to leave it at hopeless. So if you're feeling at all hopeless, and how do I make this switch from, from feeling the shame and not feeling good enough and not walking things rightly, I want to I walk as a son, it's not that hard. It starts with baby steps. We just have to spend time with the Father. Read Romans 8. It's a great book. It's a great chapter. Um, we have to switch the self-talk. So when you catch yourself starting saying, like, I am statements, switch it to, okay, I made this mistake. That was a big one for me. In leadership and in walking this out, I would always go, oh, I am, I'm so dumb. I can't believe I did that. I'm such a bad leader. I'm such a bad friend. I'm such a bad discipler. I had to switch it. Okay, what I did wasn't great in that moment, but I know my identity because I know whose I am. We can't know who we are without knowing whose we are. We belong to the Father. So how we walk this out, when you make a mistake, repent and spend time with the Father. If you notice yourself um, distancing yourself from God, I do this a lot. When I'm not feeling right with God um, or if I've did some, done something wrong, in my quiet times, in my prayer life, I will, I will avoid talking to God. So I'll just read the Bible and say a quick prayer and then I'll move on with my day because I don't actually want to hear what God has to say. I don't open up my heart because I don't want to hear what he has to say because I'm afraid that it will be condemning. But Paul told us there is no condemnation. So we can come freely to the Father with whatever mess we have and just let him speak into that place. We can look at him fully, full mess. We are fully known by him no matter what. So we might as well take it to him and receive the forgiveness so we can move forward. If you feel stuck in shame, it's time to be free. <laughs> it's time to put that aside and to walk forward. There, he has so much for us, so much freedom and so much life. When we know we are fully accepted, we will never feel abandoned or orphaned anymore. We'll stop tentatively praying with God and feeling like, oh, but don't really look at me, to just wanting to be in his presence. We know even in our mistakes, we can still run to him and we can keep running forward. We don't have to take steps back. We can run forward because we are fully forgiven and fully accepted. Stop fearing going into his presence and letting him have an intimate relationship with you. Confess with assurance that he will love you regardless. He died for us knowing that we were sinful, knowing that we couldn't do it. He still knows that. That's why he sent Jesus and gave us a covering. That's why he covered us in his blood so that we could walk in freedom. We so often struggle with forgiving ourselves, even when the Father has fully forgiven us already. In order to honor Jesus and the sacrifice he made, let's walk in that freedom and accept that and take the little steps forward and switch our mindsets. Yeah. Do you trust God? Do you trust God to transform you and walk with you and never leave you? I know we all have different backgrounds and different backgrounds with our earthly fathers. 
So it can be hard to, to accept the fact that we have a loving, heavenly Father who will always be there for us no matter what and who calls us into deeper relationship. But he is there and he is real and he loves every single one of you. If you're questioning whether or not this is true for you, it is true for you. So Romans eight twenty nine through 34, it says, For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. This is the Father's heart for us. Being a firstborn in this time um, who Paul was writing to, the church in Rome. Being a firstborn means that you get the full inheritance of the Father. Being a firstborn son means that you got, to, you got the land, you got everything, you got all of the riches, all of the glory, you got the name. You are the, you're the big deal. God calls all of his children his firstborn. We have a full inheritance to look forward to in heaven. He has given us that assurance. And the final verdict is that we are not guilty. Not only are we not guilty, we are his firstborn children. Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? And the answer is nothing. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. There is absolutely Nothing that can separate us. Remember, our identity does not come from our ability to uphold the law. We try to do that. We try to do that so much. Our identity comes from the Father. He has given it to us, and he has assured us that we have an inheritance in his kingdom. It is not on us anymore, so stop running away and run to the Father. The Father is always there. He is always waiting. He is knocking on the door of your hearts. So no matter where you're at, you do have a Father who fully loves you. And there is no question. There is full acceptance for you, regardless of any mistake you've ever made. That is the gospel. That is why Jesus died for us. So I'm going to go back to the question, are you walking in the flesh? Fear of never being good enough? Or are you walking in the spirit, knowing you are fully accepted? So my challenge to you, even though it's Father's Day, and we, I hope that you feel celebrated if you are a father, um, you feel loved if you are a father, and you're able to love your, um, love your fathers well if you are a son or a daughter. We're all a son or daughter. And I know some of us have hard back healing for you. And this can be the start of that if, it already is, if you already haven't started walking in that healing. You are so loved by the Father. So my challenge is spend time with him today. If you feel like you're too broken or messy or shameful, just spend some time with him and ask him, God, do you love me? <laughs> I know the answer to the question, but we don't know it until we hear him, until we hear him say that to us. So if you're struggling, stop avoiding and start by coming to the Father. It's not that hard, it's just the baby steps to get there. 
Um, so if you would like prayer after the service, feel free to head over to the gazebo. There's a prayer team. Um, I would also love to pray with you and talk to you. Um, it doesn't have to be about this. It can be about anything, but um, you are loved, and we want to pray with you guys and for you guys. Um, yeah. So on Father's Day, know that there's a heavenly Father who deeply loves you um, and wants you to be free from your shame. And he wants you to walk in, in wholeness because he has called you a son and daughter and you can't change that even if you tried. So I'm going to pray and then we'll close. God, Jesus, we come before you this morning and we thank you um, that you were sent by the Father to sacrifice yourself for us, that God gave you as a sacrifice for us so that we could walk in freedom. And God, we just, we just say that we don't want to be slaves anymore. We don't want to have a slavery mindset. We don't want to walk in shame. We don't want to walk in condemnation. And we know that you have given us the ability to walk in that assurance that we are your beloved children. We thank you that you call us each your children and our inheritance is in your heavenly kingdom. So that no matter, no matter what happens, we know that we can run to you. So God, Father, we run to you this morning. We give you ourselves again today, and we want to know you more, and we want to understand the way you see us, God. Thank you for adopting us into your kingdom. Thank you for choosing us when we didn't deserve it. And thank you for the confidence we have in you, Jesus. In your holy name we pray. Amen.